Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank. This is a sportsethos.com presentation at Ethos Pelicans on Twitter, at Lyle Swithenbank. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Everywhere you can find us, go and give us that five star review because it helps us grow and we love that. Uh, today, I am joined by the wonderful Jacob Compton. You know him as Pels Press on Twitter. Mate, welcome. Thanks, How are you going? Man, I appreciate it. Hey, I can't complain. I was telling you earlier, you know, I'm in the middle of a move, which which everybody hates moving. At least I do. I hate moving. But hey, you know, I had I have like half my stuff in boxes in my bedroom and half my stuff, you know, uh, in a pod or whatever. But I have my TV and my you know Directv little monitor, so I can pull up the Badly Sports and uh, watch like five, maybe ten minutes of the game before it inevitably blacks me out. Even though I'm like ten minutes from the stadium, it's okay. I'm not upset. I'm not upset. It was some. There was some screams of help. There were <laughs> in between that. If you read between the lines, there was there was a there was a, someone needs a cuddle. I think uh, it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, living with the uh, the NBA app in the early stages of this season had me infuriated. And when there is no other op- uh, option at all, uh, I can't go down the stadium and just peek my head in or anything. That's right. But, uh, That's right. It is infuriating. So I feel your pain. I really yeah, do. For sure. um, so, Pelicans, top of the West. I might as well dive straight in, I guess. Top Pretty of the West, seven-game yeah. seven, <laughs> seven, uh, win streak, taking on the Utah Jazz in Utah, um, well, in a few hours. Mm. Mate, overall thoughts. I mean, how's that for an umbrella question? Overall thoughts yeah. of the Pelicans so far? Setting me up good here. You know, yeah, it's, exactly. It's Soundbites. Tough. I'll say this, and this is going to sound like a really weird thing I don't know what to say about this team and that's not like a bad thing but realistically the whole team together has played less than 10 games together and that and that's mind-blowing so a lot of the questions that we had coming into the season about roles and rotations and things like that we really don't have any answers to and I know it sounds weird you're at the top of the west like you should be all cylinders go I'm certainly not saying like we're bad or anything like that Mm. anyway whatsoever obviously we're not but the aspect of like you know, Brandon and CJ and Zion, you know, still have to get that chemistry a little bit. You know, her being out as well has allowed some of these, uh, you know, these more rotation players to get more minutes, Najee and, and uh, especially Dyson uh, as well to get a lot a lot of run. He started a bunch of different games. So I think they're really, really good. I think there's a lot of questions still about what it looks like when everybody's healthy. Uh, that being said, we're pretty freaking good at basketball, you know, like – at the end of the day, it's uh, they've put a really, really good team together, and you know, David and David Griffin and Swin and Trajan and 
the scouting department has just done a phenomenal job hitting on um, lottery picks and everything the past two years, unsigned guys, you know, even getting those contracts with Herb and Jose um, early on because they saw those look really, really good the more and more those guys play and the more and more you realize. And, and I said this the other day, like, Jose, Trey, Najee, um, you know, Larry Nance, and Dyson would be a pretty good starting five yeah, on, a lot of teams, yeah. on, on, on a lot of teams. And so as many questions that we as we still have about the overall roster and what it looks like together, I think a lot of those depth questions are kind of have been answered a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And I think the big question mark is can all these guys play together? Or not play together, but how does it look when they all play together, like you said? And, and I think that is, until that's answered, I think that's where we go from being that really, really good team playing great basketball to elite contender status because I think as soon as you can get all three of them playing together, it's the three best players on a team in the league. They'll, yeah, I reckon. I don't know any many others that have three complete, uh, you know, that top echelon of players uh, that, that we have, particularly in, um, well, heading into their prime and then obviously CJ in his prime. Um and then the complementary pieces in guys like JV, in Herb, in Trey, you know, we, you, you listed them off all the way down, um, Jose, Larry, Dyson, all those sort of guys. Um, you know, we've got Billy Hernan Gomez, who was EuroLeague MVP, can't get a run. So where he'd probably be playing some decent minutes at other places. And, um, you know, that uh, is a testament to, like you said, the guys that, uh, that, that do the recruitment and, and have put this team together. Um Big question I have is, how good do you think this team can be? If you're in a perfect world, if you get everyone together and everyone's healthy and we make a bit of a run, say it happens on the 26th of December, that would be fantastic. So I can see everyone. But um, you know, you know, if that, we get everyone together, how good can this team be? Do you think? You know, I I don't think. At the beginning of the year, I, I think that everybody was kind of saying that, you know, if if you make it to the finals or if you make it to the Western Conference finals or the, uh, or the finals or, you know, even like the second round, it's a lot of really mm. good experience for the young guys and Brandon and Zion who, you know, don't have just a ton of playoff experience. But I have, and I think a lot of fans out there, have really underestimated the impact of CJ and Larry Nance and that veteran presence in the locker room. Um, and I think that one of the things that you've got to start looking at going forward is how how much of a stabilizer that team is. You know, obviously, or those, those two guys are. Uh, with CJ, he's he had played, you know, not great basketball for the past yeah. two weeks. Part yeah. of that is because he lost his legs because of COVID, because of conditioning and all these other different things. You know, because it, if you remember the, the scouting or I guess the injury report, CJ had cleared through COVID protocols, but hadn't gotten his legs back. And it literally said, you know, conditioning yeah. is why that he was being held out of the game. And so, you know, he had not played well. And all of a sudden, everybody started kind of clicking a little bit better. It's just because that presence of him on the court, even when he's not playing well, means so much more. It allows younger guys to – have more of a relaxed feeling and basketball is so much more about I mean look at look at teams like uh, Detroit or 
um, you know, Orlando or some of those younger teams that probably don't have a huge a huge title contention right now. Yeah. Uh, I will say that those a lot of those teams will sneak up and beat you because they're just playing free. They can do whatever they want. They know they're not going to get pulled. Jaden Ivey's balling out in Detroit. You know, mm-hmm. even Bol Bol is like he knows he's playing with some level of confidence to where he's he knows that he's not going to get pulled so he can shoot shots and have more of a relaxed feel towards, um, you know, things like that. So I, I really think that the finals is something to, to still have on your mind and kind of are, are circling. Like, I, I don't think that you look at the top-tier teams in the West, and I don't know that there's a team there that we don't match up well against with some yeah. of the, um, I'll say, lineup variation that we can have. Yeah, and I think the versatility is the key, 100%. I, I think, uh, like you said, we go up against these top Western teams. None of them have a matchup for Zion. We've seen that so far, and... Um, you know, this now that we have people that can actually make shots on the perimeter, all of a sudden, you're not looking at the Stan Van Gundy Zion who was dominating, but we weren't winning. Whereas you you look at this sort of version where he is so good at finding people on the outside that all of a sudden Trey Murphy's getting open looks, Devontae Graham's shots falling, you know, guy Naji Marshall has turned into a 40% three-point shooting. You know, guys like Dyson Daniels is apparently coming in, had no jump shot. He's hitting threes. So, you know, you see this change in um, in mentality and this change of um, result because you have the personnel around the player that is meant to be there, which it wasn't last year. Um, and I completely agree. And with those younger teams, you know, the veteran leadership is so important because you, you go up against some of these young teams and they'll push you for three and a half quarters and then drop off because when it becomes winning time, you don't have someone to steady the ship. And I think that was while Utah were winning so many games early on is that you had a guy like Mike Conley who was like, let's just settle down, guys. And you'd see him take over at the end of fourth quarters and just be like, all right, we might as well win this because we've we've pushed (laughs) them this far. And and when you have guys like that, like we have CJ, Larry Nance is always a, a steadies the ship you can look to those guys at the end of games and they can look at you and say, look, this is just another game, another five minutes. This could be the first five minutes of a game. This could be the last. It doesn't matter. It takes the pressure off, like the release valve. CJ's also, when he does, uh, now that he's starting to find his form, you know, he is also a bucket. And when the offense stops moving and he's got the ball, you know, he's going to go and get you one. And yeah. and I think we, we're confident enough and the rest of the team is... is Trust has enough trust in him that it is like, well, go and get it for us because because uh, we're struggling, and uh, yeah. you need shot makers in in those big teams. I mean, I'm with you. I think the sky's the limit for this team. I think um, you know, of course, like any team, injuries is going to be an issue. Um, I don't think we're any more injury prone than anyone else this season. I know it feels like it from the inside, yeah. look at like watching our team, but you know, heaps of other teams have had. Guys out as well. Top five in the West have been missing their top guys for for um, uh, serious portions of the year. Yeah, um, I, I think it's so interesting too. We were in the same spot we are right now last year. As far as when you're looking at a team, you're just like, you're just like, man, just wait till they get healthy. Wait till they get healthy. Yeah. Wait till they get healthy. The only difference is is that the roster construction is so much better this year. And guys have had another year, have had another summer exactly. to really get into that groove where 
it's so weird to be saying the same thing at the top of the West than the same thing at the bottom of the West. It's so crazy, you know, and it's kind of weird. I don't know how, how you watch games, but mm. I watch games alone because I don't want people to see me being an idiot. Uh, uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was last year for sure. Last year I would, uh, I would, you know, I'd be on and my girlfriend, you know, would call me, call me or uh, she'd come in, uh, come in the room and be like, Hey, are you okay? And just by like me being like, I'm fine. Like it's okay. I'm fine. Like she would know how, how the game went. But uh, w- with that, I, I think it's so interesting to see uh, how different it is. Like I go into games now expecting to win. Yeah. And that is something that I don't know I've had for a while as a Pelicans fan, which is weird. I don't know if you feel that same way or whatever, but it's kind of like I expect us to beat Utah. Yeah, great. Yeah, you look at the schedule and you go, yep, 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 and you're ticking them off saying we – and a lot of these games, uh, and I talked about it with five a few weeks ago, last week I think on the show, and, um, you know, we're in a mentality now that the games that we've lost, those close ones, have been mistakes from us. And I think that's what's been – was so frustrating about those early losses is that all credit to the other team because they got themselves over the line. you still got to make shots on the other end. Mm-hmm. But you can't help them. And I think those learning opportunities from earlier on in the season have now been learned <laughs> by way yeah. of stick. Um, and, uh, you know, those, are, those wins are now coming out. We see the win against the Suns in, in overtime, which, I mean, so good. But... Uh, <laughs> Come on. Um, so... Utah, these weird little um, game series. The same teams, a couple in a row. Weird sort of setup. Puts extra spite into it. We've got Utah twice. Uh, What do you expect? I know you said you expect to win, but what do you expect to see from these two games? You know, uh, Utah is one of the early losses for us this year. Um, It's in, you know, it was when Utah was on a heater. Like they were Mm. just, you know, especially Laurie Markkinen was like, dogging people out (laughs) like it was wild to see him play like that um i think you know with you talked about you know mike conley with him being uh, able to play and lori back and i mean even you know somebody that is so dear near and dear to my heart you know Nikhil had like a 27 point game the other night uh so i'm excited to watch those guys and see how um, you know they they kind of shake back a little bit but these these like mini season series that you that you mentioned that the NBA has put together, like the Lakers played the Spurs like three times in the middle of November, like back to back. It's like, what, what are we doing? Like, mm. anyways, I expect Utah to um, come out like like everybody. That's the thing is that they have so many guys who are have have that you know dog mentality, you know, with um, you know so many of their guys. You know, that, uh, their broadcast says it all the time. You have people that are fighting for their next contract on that yeah. team. You know, you've you've got people. So, again, it goes to that part of not really having anything to lose and have only having everything to gain. Because I think that they are playing for that next contract, but so much more, they're playing almost to be traded. Because that's what, you know, Danny Ainge is going to do at the end of the, you know, he, he's going to trade and he's going to get um, stuff for guys and so they can rebuild and, 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 and do it quickly because that's kind of his M.O. But when you – look at that Utah game, you have to control Lloyd Markkinen. And you yeah. even more than that, you have to control Mike Conley. Because Mike Conley is their C.J. McCollum. 
and you kind of mentioned that earlier and kind of hinted at it, because he is their, the stabilizer there. You know, he the offense runs through him. He is so good at pick and rolls. He is so good at finding the open people. And he almost has that really high offensive IQ where he raises the floor of everybody else's, you know, IQ. And it's so cool to see. And so, you know, Mike Conley's been in the league for a long time. Um, he was even with Memphis, you know, the grit and grind era with um, so many uh, guys like Zach Randolph um, and Mark Gasol and some of those other really, really good players. So he has been a floor raiser for a really, really long time. And I expect with Mike Conley that floor to be raised again. So you're playing a, a really, really good, smart, savvy team. Malik Beasley, another guy who's a veteran, who's has, who has a defensive presence, who does a lot of those little glue guy, Najee Marshall, it's a knife things. You know, like he does those things really, really well. So you just have to be ready to be um, – you have to be ready to, to kind of fight and get into it. And we've definitely shot our foot in some of the early games by not coming out ready to go. Um, yeah. You know, some of those ugly losses like the Lakers, you know, uh, Portland, some of those other teams, it's kind of like, oh, gosh. Like, you look back and you're like, jeez, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you just have to make sure that you start out really, really well uh, against a team like that that has that really good veteran presence. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, these guys are auditioning for another job. That's, you know, that's, uh, they're walking them out there saying, well, in February, at the trade deadline, you guys will all be suiting up for someone else because we want Victor Wembanyama. so stop winning. Um, you know, you've got this situation where they're allowed to have that level of autonomy a bit in go and showcase your abilities. And like you said, like guys like Bol Bol and, and that, that don't have pressure to be um, to perform, all of a sudden play really well. You see this in the Utah team as well. Vanderbilt was fantastic for a while. I think it's dropped off a little bit. Um, you know, Mark and then Kelly Olenek. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, all these guys, the list goes on of these guys that are like, well, we've got to get paid soon, so we better um, we better pull our fingers out and uh, and play some good basketball. And it was catching teams off guard. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, I really hope, like, I love Nikhil, but I hope he doesn't give us, like, the Clippers Nikhil where he goes for, like, 39. I just... I. I don't think I'm emotionally ready to see that yet. Yeah. I sort of need like a 14 point on 14 shot sort of night from Nikhil. Um, like that's, I want to see him hit some good shots, but I don't want to see him beat us because that, yeah. um, that would break my heart. Um, yeah, put all credit like, to you. I don't know if you've ever played basketball um, you know, in high school or, or university or anything like that, mm. but it's one of those things where it's like you, you develop friendships and, you know, all these guys in the NBA, most of them, they have a good friend, you know. I mean, like Larry Dance and, you know, Josh Hart are, like, best buds. And yeah. go yeah. back and forth on Twitter. It's like you're playing – you play your best friend. You're like, man, I really want you to do good, but, like, I still really want to win. And so, like, it raises the competitive level a little bit, and it, it raises it to have fun. But it just means – one of those games that everybody says that, and it's silly, but, like, it really just does mean, like, that much more that yeah. you want to go and be, like, prove it. Uh, that you know your old your old team and Nikhil's sake made a mistake by you know getting rid of you. So we'll see. It it uh, I want to see Nikhil see succeed so bad. I think he's such a good guy. Yeah, and I agree. I think Nikhil had that lovely like a real warm personality. I mean, from all the way over here, you could see it in the way he interacts with people and and what he puts on social media and things. You know, he seems like a really nice kid, and um, you know, 
you, you never want to be in a situation where you've traded someone and then that ends their career. You know, that, that, yeah. that would be devastating. And the way he started at Utah, he wasn't playing much. He was trying to find his way into the rotation, pretty much went from sixth man at the Pels to like 15th man at Utah, and now starting to find a bit of rhythm. So, I mean, we wish him all the best success, but just not in the next two games. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, well, you get that. Um, yeah. I'm too much of a homer sometimes, you know. It, uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, you Man, got the wrong I, jersey you know, on. I think, I think that that's a, a little like you can have fun and you can have fun with it, and like, you know, there's a good way to do it and there's a bad way to go about it. But the policing thing, I mean, I'm going to talk about Twitter and that yeah. okay. Do but it. Like people who are upset about the the Chris Paul sucks chance, are right, they just need to get on somewhere. Like, yeah. I, I can't. I don't know if you saw it, but it was just like the Suns fans who are like, well, Chris Paul built New Orleans. He's the only reason that there's still a team in New Orleans or whatever. It's like, dude, like, no, that's not how that works at all. And it's like, you think that you're making this, like, really, really good point. And one of the things that I say all the time is, like, Twitter's not real. Twitter is not a real yeah. place. The Internet is all fake. You know, I'll put, like, on my, like, tinfoil hat or whatever. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, a fan, the fans literally is short for, like, fanatics. Like, we're supposed to be stupidly blind to how fun yeah. – and involved our team is and the pelicans the team in new orleans is the first time that like we've been you know okay like our team's pretty good since like 2018 right mm -hmm. and this is especially for you know people from new orleans in new orleans like that have been through hard times forever and you know covid being one of those hard times that everybody went through and if your team sucks and you're watching them in covid with nothing to do like like that sucks even worse it's mm -hmm. so, like let us be happy like it's okay you'll be yeah. okay you know, like, it's so silly. No, I'm with you. And like you said, like, fans is is short for fanatic. And that's the thing is we're all, at the end of the day, fans of this team. And while we understand that every team's got fans, don't try to belittle someone else's fandom for the sake, for, for no reason. It's not advancing your cause. It's just being nasty. And like you said, Twitter's not a real place. I'm sure uh, we run into some of the people that have fun names on uh, on Twitter are really tough in, in real life as well. And I'm sure they go about their life as they do on, on Twitter. And uh, sometimes I do reach out and just give them a slapping. But, you know, I don't, no, I'm not going to be the, <laughs> the Twitter police. But uh, I do find that funny. I saw one that yeah. was talking about Chris Paul, oh, about the yeah. Suns, and I told him to put his toys back in his basket. But um, You just have, like, meetups scheduled. That's that's the real reason you're coming into America. Not for the Pelicans. You've yeah, got meetups with other fans just to fight. Like, just I've to just, I just sent Outlook fans. invites, like, be at this car park at certain times. <laughs> that's the plan, yeah. Just, so you bring three of your best guys, I'll bring three of mine. You know, that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, it how, is. How um, far of a flight is that for you? I meant to ask that. How far of yeah. a flight is it from Utah, from Australia to? I guess will you go straight to New Orleans, or you go like? Uh, I know a lot go to Atlanta, then they go to New Orleans. Where are you? How, how far? So is we we actually leave on Friday, so we're going to okay. Bali for three days just to like actually have a holiday before it becomes like, you know, rolling around everywhere. Um, where we'll just do nothing. And then we fly into, it'll be Singapore, and then Singapore to Turkey, and then Turkey to New York. But there's no, it's just like stopovers. Mm. But with the price of flights, like we could have done like Singapore Direct or something like that, but the price of flights at the moment, I don't know if anyone's checked, is just <laughs> woeful. Like, I think it was going to be double the price for us to do that. 
then to have a couple of days in Bali and then fly out of Singapore um, via Turkey. But um, yeah, so then we go to New York and then down to New Orleans on the 26th. So we're there in New York for Christmas, basically. Ah, that's pretty but, cool. Um, there are worse places to stay Christmas. Well, that's why I thought it would be a bit of a uh, white Christmas and we don't have that down here. It's usually 40 degrees Celsius. You can look that up. I think it's about 100 yeah. degrees uh, um, Fahrenheit. But uh, yeah, so it's going to be a little bit different because it's yeah. starting to heat up here and I'm going to go to Bali where it's going to be hot and then I'm going to be like glass and just melt while I freeze yeah. when I go to... got to make sure you pack a good coat, man. Have you seen snow before? Ah, uh, yeah. No, in Switzerland. Oh, okay, okay. Um, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I have, I have a little brother. I have a little brother who's uh, nine, I think, and he, uh, you know, he talks all the time. He's like, "I've never seen snow." I'm like, "Dude, what?" Like, it's so, it's so weird. One of those things. Yeah, that, like, right. the older you get, you're like, "Of course, I've seen it." But you forget it. Some people, just yeah, yeah. It. It's kind of wild. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, well, it'll be, it'll be nice. I don't, I've never seen it, like, falling, if that makes sense. Like, I've only ah. ever seen it on the ground. So, yeah. like, I've been on a mountain, and it's had snow, and I've been like, oh, it's cold. Um, oh, <laughs> it's cold. Um, it is cold. Have you, have you done the, the snowball fight, you know? Uh, it was a bit icy, so we just threw ice at each other, but, you know, we were 20, so. Yeah, <laughs> you know, young blokes throwing things around, it's... Uh, it's uh, you know, simpler times, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, are you coming with your friends, your family? Where, how, how are y'all coming over? Uh, so, my girl, me and my girlfriend will come over. So, we'll cool. be uh, like, she's been on here before on the show. Yeah. Uh, and, yes, yeah, so we'll be coming over and, uh, yeah, we'll spend a month and, yeah, cruise around, finish off in Nashville, back to New York for a couple of days, back to Bali, and then and back to work, uh, wow. which is just going to be fantastic. But uh, really looking forward to it. So after the, awesome, the years that we've had, uh, yeah. you know, with the COVID <laughs> and all that sort of stuff, we thought, That's let's right. just get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. So uh, it, it'll be really good. But um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about is we've got this pelican. Oh, no, I'm, how's that for full circle back to the pelicans? <laughs> It, all roads lead there on this podcast. Um, Brandon is not back. Uh, we talked about it off camera. Uh, is, is, do you have any sense of when this is going to come back? Because this, this um, toe injury has been like the worst, I suppose, besides Desmond Baines. Yeah. Has, has there been any rumblings or anything that you, you've heard about uh, Brandon Ingram? Because it'd be really yes. good to get him back. So he's doing he's he's not a full participant in practice yet. They call it no, LP, right. you know, light practice, FP, yeah. full practice, um, that type of thing. So he's 
practicing, he's working out. You know, basketball is one of those really, really weird, um, you know, sports where, and even I, I guess American football as well, where you can have like a light practice but not be ready to go for game time. Um, yeah. I, I think the the biggest thing that the you know this the training staff and everything has said is that you know especially with you know New Orleans is that they want if you practice on Wednesday on Thursday for you to have no pain right so yeah. that means no swelling that means no soreness no tightness no anything like that and with a guy uh, who relies so heavily on his footwork like Brandon does you know you have to especially I mean you have to take care of your feet you know that that's mm. just kind of uh, that's just kind of part of it so I think that the and I kind of put on again my tinfoil hat on Twitter the other day. I thought that they that they are being overly cautious and maybe keeping him out even a little bit more because of how good the team looks right now yeah. and how everything is playing. Not saying that they're like, oh, he's completely fine; they're not letting him play at all. Yeah. But I'm saying more like, hey, he's not a hundred percent. Let's not rush him back when he's at 75, 80 percent because how well we're playing. Let's just kind of let, let's kind of see what happens. You know. Um, with and if there's you know if he's 90 95 percent and you know if he's if he's 85 90 percent and the team's struggling I think you make him play or you let him yeah. play and make that decision for himself um, but if he's you know 75 80 percent and 85 90 percent the team's playing well you can just you can we have something this year that we didn't have in the uh, the um, last few seasons which is we have the liberty to hold our top one top two guys out and still be okay and be able to compete and be competitive, which is something very unique this year for us. Uh, but I, I think that he is close to coming back, but out of an abundance of caution and just kind of team chem chemistry, they're kind of s making him stay out a little bit more. And that's something for all fans to kind of keep uh, and remember is that these guys want to play. Like, yeah. it's not like a, he's just kind of being lazy or maybe he's, you know, this, that, or they're like, all those guys are killers and they want to play. It's just sometimes you have to protect people from themselves. And, you know, Antonio Daniels says it all the time on the broadcast is that you have to protect guys from themselves. And, unfortunately, that, that is kind of um, the situation. But I think he's close. Uh, I, I know that he is uh, doing some light practicing, hasn't gone full, you know, three-on-three -three stuff. He hasn't done full five-on-five, full-court stuff that they have been doing over those couple breaks. But I know that he's close. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think um, – you know, you say it's tinfoil hat, but you're probably not far from the truth. I think if the team goes on a five-game losing streak rather than a seven-game win streak, you're probably saying, "Brandon, let's let's get that get that strapped yeah. up, and we'll get you back. We'll get you back out there." You know, we wanted him back this time last year, where we were what one and twelve or three and sixteen. You know, we were we were going through it, uh, and then he came back, and the rest is history. But you know, it's a luxury that not many teams get uh, to be able to get your guys at 100% before, um, you know, they have to come back for want of throwing away the season, you know? Right. Um, and, and I agree that, you know, maybe that's not an agenda and, and that sort of stuff, but it, it, it could absolutely play into the factor because you also don't want to upset the apple cart because right. can you afford to give Brent... Well, I mean, you, of course you can, but, you know, <laughs> when you... <laughs> it sounds stupid before I even yeah. said it. Um, you know, he, he might have an off game and you've still got to try to get him going because he's still got to get so many shots to get his rhythm in and when the team's already, um, you know, flying, you add another piece in, 
does that cause you to trip up? You know, uh, again, stupid because Brandon Ingram's amazing. But well, I mean, it's kind of I don't think you're far off, you know, from the truth yeah. there because a lot of times fans, you know, and analysts sometimes too is that they try mm. to like they try to make it like 2K, right? And like, oh, I'll just plug him in and he'll everything will be perfect. It's like, no, yeah. the the rotations over the past seven games has been what has been the catalyst for everything, right? Yeah. Dyson Daniels playing really well, Najee playing mm. really well. You know, Devontae, Jose, Larry, you know. And so you've got these guys that are secure in their roles right now. And yeah. they know when they're going to come on. They know when they're going to go off. They know how hard they play uh, here, how to save themselves here. They know what shots they're supposed to take, what shots they're not. And you throw in an all-star high-level player into that. And everybody, you it, when it, the first game back, I would almost guarantee uh, that you'll see just kind of everybody, you know, maybe, maybe take in the second instead of making that initial cut. Or maybe staying when they staying when they should have cut, or you know everybody's rotations will be a little bit off, and inevitably, like you might lose that game because everybody's you know everybody throws that rotation off. Because realistically, you replace Brandon Ingram, um, you put him over Dyson Daniels. Is Dyson you know where does Dyson fit in? Where does Najee fit in? Where does you know Devontae fit in? Like you have to answer all these questions when you've really set these rotations over the past I mean two two and a half weeks now uh, where you've gone on this really world beater type run yeah i'm with you 100 percent. and yeah he has to get his 35 minutes you can't just magic up those minutes you know that's other guys that then lose uh lose opportunity and, and lose uh like i suppose continuity as well because it's what we've had in this is that everyone that has played has been doing the same thing uh you know playing the same minutes playing the same role um when Brennan inevitably does come back, and Herb, I mean, he could be back this yeah. game. Yeah. Do we shorten the rotation to people? Well, I suppose shorten. Who drops off the end, I guess? Or do we just try to find minutes for everyone? Well, that's that's the the, the tough question, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got 10. I mean, realistically, this team has 12 guys that have ha- have rotational, you know, 13 guys that have rotational minutes and, and could get them, yeah. right? So the question is, uh, with how well Dyson is playing, you can't afford to not give him more minutes and just destroy yeah. his confidence in his rookie season. I, I personally would really like to see a starting five of CJ Herb, and I still, this is a hot take. Mm. I still think that, hmm, based on matchup, I would be yeah. very intrigued to let Dyson start. You know, when you're going up against teams with guards, I think Herb is fantastic, mm. an absolutely great defender, but mm. he is so much more a, you know, big two, three, four defender. Mm. And he does well against Chris Ball, he does well against these guards, but Dyson Daniels just has a little bit more speed than Herb does on some lateral things, which helped him stay in front of Chris Paul, helped him stay in front of Devin Booker. And again, this is not saying that Herb's a bad defender or bad at mm. defense. That's what he's good at. But you have to look at those rotations and look at um, those matchups, especially, you know, like when when uh, Portland comes to town again, right? When you see Damian Lillard, I would much rather have Dyson on Damian Lillard than Herb right now, just because of the size, the strength of the matchup. And I know that's mm. such a weird and thing to say, and people get their pitchforks and like that's fine. I understand it, but I really do think that that's something they'll have to look at. But as far as those two, you know, the ten, eleven man rotation, I think that you have to have CJ, you have to have 
Herb, you have to have B.I., you know, you're going to have Zion, you're going to have J.V., and then you go to Jose, Dyson, um, as long as Dyson's shot is falling especially, I think you really, Mm -hmm. really do have to play him. Najee, um, you go to Trey, and then you go to Larry. And those, those to me, are your ten. Yeah. And I know it's tough because Devontae has played better this year. He really has. Mm -hmm. He really stepped up. Um, He's still – he is above that 40% from three. Uh, Mark right now, and that's really awesome to see from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that Jackson Hayes is frustrated; he's not getting minutes. But those ten guys, I think, are the guys that will push you to that finals run that we're all really hoping for. Yeah, yeah it's. I suppose that's the hardest job in basketball, isn't it? Having those conversations with those guys that you know in other teams would be playing, or or um, you know in in other circumstances, even here, have played and have played big minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you bring pieces back. I suppose that that's tough because you're saying, well, Devonta, I know you've only had nine averaging 10 minutes a game or whatever, mm-hmm. or those 10 minutes are now two minutes at the end of games, or or you're not going to play at all. Or, um, you know, you, you have to sit your rookie down, even though I think Dyson should be playing, and you, you say, look, mate, this is this is not the year for you, and or this, at the moment there's not the opportunity. And I don't think you can do that to Dyson at the moment because I think he's outplayed half the team at, at times. I think he's been um, I think he's been exceptional. And for 19 years old, I think we're we're pretty lucky. I said it the other day, man. I if Dyson was on the Pistons, Dyson would be a top three rookie, and it wouldn't even be yeah. close. Like yeah. he, if he was, if he had as much, if he didn't go to a contend, I'll say it, a contending mm. team, like yeah. he would. He's just, I do, and I said this the other day too. I think that he is the smartest offensive and defensive player on the Pelicans at 19 years old. And I don't think it's particularly mm. close. I think defensive instincts, him and Herb are pretty close. But, you know, offensive instincts, man, he is such a gifted passer and sees the floor so well. And especially on – if you um, – uh, there's a play last game when Zion was on the wing, took two steps in, threw it to Dyson on a um, – he was in the, the far left corner. And instead of shooting – he dribbled one dribble outright so he could get a better entry pass into Najee. Najee mm. took a step, pumped, and threw it to, uh, I guess that would have been uh, Larry for a dunk. And it's like that if he didn't – because so many different guys would attack that closeout, mm. but he attacked sideways, got somebody else because he saw how the play was going to form. And stuff like that you just – you don't see from – you know, that's like everyone was like super uh, enthralled with Cade Cunningham's vision like – Dyson's yeah. IQ is so much higher than people give him credit for. It's insane to see. Yeah, I mean, that play, um, Larry talked about it, where he's like, oh, let's slow it down. He grabs a rebound, hands it to Dyson, and Dyson has already seen the person streaking up, and he's made this full-court pass, throwing it like an NFL quarterback, and, you know, we get an easy bucket out of it, and all of a sudden you're sitting there going, how did he even see that? He wasn't even facing that way, but, you know, that court awareness and that... Um, we see it time and again. There was an awesome touch pass in the last game. Ball came in, hit him. He just literally maybe had it in his hands, half, not even half a second, just immediately yeah. straight in and we got dunk out of it. It was – people aren't even seeing that. Like, I was like, how did he do that? Yeah. <laughs> That's not – that wasn't a pass there. That's um, not normal. <laughs> no, exactly. And, and when you find guys like that, you know, and now we've hit on – well, say four players in a row uh, last year, this year. I mean, Najee, I, th- I think we've hit on him too. Um, Kyra's, we, st- we don't know yet. Um, yeah. I, and I, 
I mean, Kyra is a tough one because right when he started getting that confidence, his knee explodes. Yeah. And I can't be out on Kyra until I see what he's like actually playing. I I, yeah. I know some people are already out on him and, oh, we got to trade him and things like that. Well, I want to see what we got because he looks yeah. fast as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's the tough part, right? That One of our big, yeah. one of our biggest log jams is at that point guard position, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. You know, you look, at, you look at guys and skill sets and everything like that, and you look at, well, what does Kyra give us that, you know, Javante doesn't, and vice versa, and Dyson, and Jose, and uh, as well as, I mean, even CJ, mm. who's you know, playing right now. And sometimes, I, I think I heard, I've heard David Griffin uh, or Trajan, one of them, say this. Sometimes you have to trade guys for their benefit. Yeah, uh, as well as your own, and I think that that could be where Kyra is headed a little bit. Mm. Um, just because I think he's good, um, yeah. I think that he could develop into something really, really awesome. But I don't know that he will get the reps. Agree. Uh, in New Orleans right now, um, so in, unless they move somebody or you know rotations shift or whatever, mm. I, just, I, I don't see a future for him. And it breaks my heart because you know I'm an, I, I love the Alabama basketball connection they have. Uh, and yeah. everything, but it's it's uh, it, it's tough. I, I don't want to see him go because I want to see him succeed. Because like you said, he's freaking insanely fast yeah. uh, and has a lot of really good skill sets. But even then, it's kind of one of those things. Uh, if you I don't know if you watch uh, SB Nation, they do some um, really good stuff on YouTube about um, this how this event in history butterfly affected into this event in history. Right? Yeah. And so it's kind of like if Kyra doesn't get hurt, you you maybe do, you don't go on that. You know, real stinker of a run. You maybe don't get CJ. You maybe don't get Dyson. Like you know, you it, there's so many different things that you will, could see butterfly effect into where we are. And I hate that he was caught in the middle of all those dominoes. You know. Mm. Well, I mean, do you see Jose Alvarado? Right. Because he he wasn't playing until Kyra got injured. Right. And then all of a sudden, those minutes opened up. You know, it's it's that opportunity in seizing that. So all of a sudden, you've got a guy that drops 38 in a game, uh, you know, coming Insane. coming off the bench. And we didn't even know. Um, yeah. I wanted him to get 40 so bad. I loved your uh, chicken nugget video. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit of fun. I was hoping he was going to get 40 because then I could actually order one. But, uh, where'd you, where'd yeah, you go? The, where was that? That was McDonald's. Ah, nice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, one of the uh, – the poor attendant on a – I don't know what it was, Wednesday afternoon or something was like – why are you doing this to me? She didn't actually, I just sort of aborted mission after she asked me twice and I was like, that's enough. Bit of behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, this is my local one so I don't really want to burn the bridge. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Um, to when I actually do want 38 nuggets or 40 nuggets. That's right, that's right. <laughs> um, so, mate. Yep. What's been going on for you? What's coming up? Anything, uh, anything exciting? Uh, happening with yeah, the show so, uh the the thing that i'm most excited about right now is uh you know sports drink it's one of the things yeah. on, on twitter yeah. yeah um you know he steven is a is a, is a really, really good guy um you know he's actually cast to be kevin McHale in the crazy HBO. Huh? Like, when it, that's crazy to me too uh I'm, i think i'm gonna have him on my podcast here soon i've been trying to work it out forever but mm. um him and i are, are, are working together on a history of new orleans basketball like clothing t-shirt line um, awesome. That include you know the first pro team, the first semi pro team, the first uh, women's pro team uh, in New Orleans, and all their kind of logos because all of them they don't have the you know what happened was they were there for like two years, the leagues folded, mm. and so the Buccaneers, really, yeah, the Buccaneers <laughs> were after 
New Orleans, and uh, it literally just says New Orleans. Oh, the New Orleans. The sport. Ah, I can't remember. what. I don't think it was. I can't remember. But it goes the New Orleans, whatever they are, New Orleans Bucks, New Orleans Pride, which is the first female. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we're working on doing something like that, and that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty cool. But um, yeah, through this move, man, I don't know how much I'm, how much podcast fun I'm gonna be able to have, but I will be able to still watch the game. So yeah. Oh, sounds very exciting, mate. Uh, yeah, we're looking looking forward to seeing those drop and uh, no doubt you'll be having a customer a customer in me when uh, when they come out because they look they'll be wicked um so final thoughts on the pels before we we wrap up uh any final thoughts and prayers or of the like uh, i think i think the last thing that i would say is the pelicans have been on such a heater one of the things that you'll always see is you know they lose a game and everyone's like oh you know you know fire David yeah. Griffin or trade JV or burn it all to the ground you know it's <laughs> like ah you know and that's part of being a fan and you know being the embodying the fanatic or you know whatever it is but I think the biggest thing that I would say is you know just like have fun you know just enjoy it you know I think one of the some of the best times I've had you know in Smoothie King or even at home watching the games is, you know, you just have a, uh, you're just with some friends or mates as you would. <laughs> and uh, you're hanging out. You're just, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, drinking a beer or, um, you know, eating some pizza or whatever it is, just like hanging out, watching the games, just enjoy it. Like it, it sports aren't that serious. They're made to be fun. And it probably takes up too much of my mental uh, space when they win or lose, but it's, it's supposed to be fun. It's, you know, just have fun. Just have fun. Man. Yeah. That, that's really it. I think that's, uh, honestly, you hit the nail on the head. At the end of the day, we see sport as a release. You know, it's entertainment at the end of the day. Work is meant to be stressful. Uh, you, you know, driving in traffic is stressful. Things like that. You know, your house burning down is stressful. Um, watching basketball, yeah, okay, it gives us different emotions. But at the end of the day, it's it's a release. It's fun. So have fun. <laughs> Please, and I know how hard that was last year, but uh, you know now while it's good, enjoy it. It's uh, it right. is it is really good, and we can't go eighty two and zero despite how good we are as a team. And uh, there are going to be teams that trip us up, but uh, it just gives us more motivation to beat them next time. Mm-hmm. So, Jacob, thank you so much for joining us on the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Where can we find you? Where can we find the pod? All that sort of stuff, and we'll get out of here. At Pell's Press on Twitter and YouTube, man. That's it. Easy enough. I can't thank you enough for having me on. I appreciate it. We should do this again. It'll be fun. Absolutely. It's, uh, we have to do it again. It was a great show and uh, really appreciate your time. To everyone out there, this has been the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Lyle Swithenbank on Twitter, at Ethos Pelicans. Stay safe. And of course, bye for now.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.